0: Hello, welcome to an NBA Trade Deadline Recap Edition of the Hoop School Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil.
1: Good morning to everyone ex- everyone, and Terrence Ferguson.
0: Mm, yes. And not
1: Vincent Poirier. Uh, sadly, no. He had one. Was that Frank that posted that picture? No, that's just he, the
0: he, he posted it, which is the saddest <laughs> so he part. He like, ah, I'm with my boy. Yeah, that was sad. But, well, Phil... Honestly, one of the busier trade deadlines I think we've had in recent memory, uh, we we, we kind of anticipated it. There was a lot of noise around a lot of teams and a lot of players, and even though some guys didn't move, a lot of guys did, and one big player who we're going to talk about first got moved, who was uh, just an all-star. Let's start there. Nikola Vucevic, the first trade I think we need to talk about. Going to the do Chicago... Wanna... What's up?
1: Do we want to discuss just the greater picture first, because... It seems like there were a lot more buyers and sellers this year, and I think the insurance playoff spots that are available this year kind of forced people's hands into we can make the playoffs, at least the extended. I don't know. I think it's an interesting little caveat, and I don't know if the NBA is going to keep doing that going forward, but if that's the case that made deadline kind of madness
0: for the next few years for as long as they keep doing this. It's a valid point, and it has to do with the – kind of how front offices are going to view the plan tournament, you know, like, do they think it's worth going for, are they going to be able to resist the temptation? And even though they're in that 10, 11 range, they know that they're not actually going anywhere. So it's better to make seller moves, but yeah, you're definitely right. The buyer market was definitely bigger than usual. The seller market was smaller than usual. And I mean, two of the big trades we're going to talk about was from the same team. So and yeah. then they made another trade, which we're not even going to touch on too much. But, yeah, I mean, the Orlando Magic. A fire sale, essentially. I'm sure yeah. we've all heard that thrown around
1: at them yeah. a lot.
0: But if they weren't involved in the market, if, if they were, you know, closer to – the Hey, the bottom line is if they didn't have all these injuries, maybe they would be close to that playing area, and maybe they would be, you know, still convincing themselves that they should be buyers, not sellers, and this whole entire landscape would have changed. So you're definitely right, right that the playing tournament – has a huge impact on how teams are going to view their short-term and long-term goals, and it's definitely an interesting conversation. But the Magic clearly thought that now was the time, and they made a few big moves, two huge ones that we're going to talk about. First one, Chicago Bulls get all-star Nikola Vucevic. Not too often you see an all-star get moved at the deadline, but it happened this year. Nikola Vucevic, Alf Rukamino, uh yeah, the is you know, Who's we're, you coming know, back? We're to, trying to go trying to, the to the Bulls, run it back. I got I I got it right up. Magic get Otto Porter, who I believe will be bought out, and then Wendell Carter Jr. plus two first two round picks, picks twenty 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 one and twenty twenty three. The twenty twenty one pick is protected top four. I believe the twenty twenty three pick is as well. I'm obviously not one hundred percent sure, but let's just go. Let's let's be, get, go on the safe side and say they're both top four protected because I think they are um still good value they got three assets right Do yeah you they're see a winner getting, yeah. Yeah, Do you yeah, see a winner a loser in this on
1: that. um i have to say probably the magic realistically the, the chicago bulls getting nikola Vucevic in a specific space with the way he produces and what he does and the, the way their team's constructed it's probably going to raise their floor a little bit but it's not going to push them into like a top 4 contending seat in the east they're going to be have some good teams, and they're going to have a really good regular season probably next year and the year after. But Nikola Vucevic is 30 now, and his contract is three or four more years. I think actually maybe two or three. And then they're probably going to re-sign him. And yeah, they're just going to try to keep running with this unit. And at best, it's probably like a six to five to six seed at its complete best in the Eastern Conference. So I'd say the Magic probably came out on the better side because they got young and they really pushed the tilt into rebuild and they did everything else on the roster that pushed towards rebuild. So getting these young pieces
0: and picks just makes so much more sense. Yeah. So just to clarify on the contract, he's a free agent 2023. So he's good for two more seasons after this one. So decent decent investment. He'll be there for a bit. Right.
1: But I, I I assume they're going to trade in with the intention of signing him back. Like they're going to want to keep this unit for as long as it goes. I think Vucevic will fit in. He fits in most places seamlessly. So you're going to get what you're going to get, like probably next season. Like you're going to see how good this team can be and they're going to click immediately. And then you're going to, yeah, presumably want to keep that as opposed to just letting him walk.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, but again, we'll see what the team looks like at that time, you know, a lot can happen in two seasons, but it's, it, this is a hard one for me to put a winner on. I would probably like I, – I, I mean, there are two teams that are clearly going in very different directions, but I would probably also lean Magic. I like what they got a little bit more. But at, at the same time, from the Bulls' perspective, I, I respect the move. I, I respect the move. You know, they, they looked at this and said, we got an all-star on the table, and Wendell Carter Jr., we give, we've given him a chance. It's not really working out right now. The picks are valuable picks. Those, those are – you know, very valuable picks to give up, and I think that's why the Magic made the deal. I don't think they came to the deadline with the goal of moving Vucevic, but this was a deal they couldn't really pass up, and realistically there's no way that his value gets higher than it is right now. Yeah. So, a good move for the Magic. But if you're Chicago, listen, you pair two All-Stars, all right? You still got some young pieces in place that you got to see what you have. I know Kobe White's been disappointed this year, but it's wait and see. You know, you can't write him off. Interesting to see Larry Markin and not move. I don't know if you have any any thoughts on that, but he's still there, so I guess you get another half season to see how that mixes the Markin and Vucevic combo. But other than that, listen, Chicago—they've been kind of in the doldrums for a while now. You know, we always talk about the Knicks and these other big market teams. You know, obviously what the Nets just did and the Clippers and how they kind of started one way and then it creates an atmosphere that may may want to draw more players. And Chicago is not in a completely different situation. That's uh, it's a big market with a lot of appeal. And I think it goes a long way to put a good team out there. And they looked at this as a situation where, hey, we can become a legitimate team. I don't think they're in the top tier of the East. I don't think anyone thinks that. But who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Maybe Zach Levine hits another level. Maybe one of these young stars bursts through. Maybe Patrick Williams takes a step. And now they have an infrastructure where they have legitimate NBA stars that if a couple things break the right way, who knows what can happen. So I like the move for Chicago. I don't think it's a bad trade. I do think that there's higher upside in Chicago regretting it than Orlando. Yeah. If, may, if if maybe Wendell Carter pops off, if maybe the Vucevic thing doesn't, you know, instead of getting into that mid-tier of the East, they stay in the bottom and they just end up losing in five games to one of the powerhouses for the next two years, that could kind of come back to bite them so from that standpoint i like it more for magic but i can't i can't hate it if i'm chicago
1: yeah i mean they both get what they wanted like you were saying it's the magic gets a full tilt rebuild and the bulls get to add a piece that'll make them more competitive and we'll see how competitive that gets so that's kind of why i'm leaning more towards the magic because i think that scale is a little bit more varied like you don't know mm-hmm. how competitive they can get as opposed to the magic where it's like they're just going to be bad and rebuild
0: yeah yeah, they li- yeah they line
1: uh, the roster up to do it. All right, one thing. But how do you how do you feel about yeah. your your poor boy Wendell getting moved? Is he
0: gonna do something special in Orlando? It's listen. It gets to a time where it's it's now or never, and I think it's at that point. With Wendell Carter,
1: you're, you're gonna, gonna cut him. Point...
0: No, I'm not. The gonna poor cut guy. Run. He's, he's he's what twenty? I think he's old. This is his third.
1: He's twenty-one. Already. He's twenty-one. Okay,
0: okay. No, Oh yeah. Listen, it's a good. I mean. Chicago, not Chicago, Orlando gets three legit assets. They get a former lottery pick, Wendell Carter Jr., who, although it's been disappointing, it's not like he's been a complete bust. It's not like you can't play him. He's just not performed up to standard. And that's okay. You know, he's 6'10, 7'5 wingspan, can really do a lot of stuff on the A little bit of a mid range coming together. Like, we've seen flashes. So that's an asset right there. I don't think. Like that's it. That's a good. Put that on top of two picks, and I think that's a good return. Yeah, Wendell Carter is going to get every, every opportunity that he possibly could. Steve Clifford no longer has the option to pay the, play the veterans unless he just gives Kem Birch forty six minutes a game. So we're going to see Terrence Ross is still there as well. Yes, but we're we're going to see Wendell Carter get a chance, and hopefully he gets a little bit more aggressive on the offensive side. Defensively, I think he's pretty decent. You know, sometimes. He kind of gets a little lost, but the tools are there. So I'm not gonna give up on Wendell. I think this is a nice situation, but again, it's now or never. Like if he if he can't do it here, he can't do it uh, anywhere probably because he's gonna get, gonna get every opportunity possible. All right, well, uh, one player just, I, I want right, to mention you, Phil, though, because I mentioned him earlier. A guy that I was a little surprised to see not move the uh, deadline was Larry Markkinen of the Bulls that we just talked about. And he's part of that young core that is kind of iffy in Chicago. What do you think? Him not moving, then bring Vucevic, Vucevic in. Says about where this team stands on marketing. Because I thought that he every sign was pointing to him being moved. Honestly,
1: yeah, I think the Bulls were probably thinking we can either send Wendell Carter and these two picks to Orlando for Vucevic, or Laurie Markkinen and maybe a pick. You know, like Laurie Markkinen had more value than Wendell, and they wouldn't had to have sent so much draft capital. So I'm sure that's something they considered, but. It seems like they really like Larry Markin and they have him in like the big picture view. I don't know his fit with because if he's playing the four, they're both pretty lumber footed, so it'll be tough to, you know, play some defense. But I think he'd be a good yeah. piece off the bench. Like he could be just a really good
0: stretch five or four in the second unit. Yeah, we'll see. He's a restricted free agent this year. So that too, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna give us all the answers we have. Um maybe the Magic Warren interests him also though. I don't know. That's maybe a good they point, yeah. They, you know, maybe they wanted the the contract and Wendell Carter where they didn't have to worry about matching his <clears throat> his offer sheet and all that stuff. So maybe this was just exactly the package the Magic wanted, and I like it. I think it's a good package. Yeah, so uh, cool. overall, I I give the Magic an A for the return on Vooch. I give the Bulls a, B, like a light B-plus on the trade. I think it's a good move, and I'm happy if I'm a Bulls fan to get a star in the building. But again, I do think it has more potential to combust than it does for the Magic.
1: Yeah, no, definitely.
0: I'll
1: side with you on these grades.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. One thing. Let's just segue let's into the Aaron yeah. Gordon
1: because we're we're staying in mm-hmm. Magic Town. Why don't Why don't you think Terrence Ross got moved? It seemed like even with Depot, by the end, people or the Rockets were ready to just give like a, or take a little bit back just because they want to get rid of Depot because he's realistically gone. I feel like the magic should have had that kind of thought process with Terrence Ross. Obviously he's going to keep them competitive and he's not going to be a free agent, but you know, the direction your team's going and he's a good player that could win games. So why not send him
0: somewhere just to get even more assets? Yeah. Maybe they just didn't like the return at this time. And you know, he he's locked up for two more seasons after this. So if they weren't getting, maybe maybe they weren't even getting second round pick offers. Maybe they were getting, you know, some nonsense salary cap filler and a super protected second. That's not going to happen. You know, yeah. maybe just nothing was coming in, in the inbox. And they said, you know, whatever, we're, we'll hold. we have enough youth. We'll just chill for now. He's going to be a trade candidate for the next two seasons. Maybe he has a big year next year. Maybe the market expands, but yeah. Maybe the second uh, half of the season was also, is just
1: kind of a audition for him for other teams.
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he's a trade can in the off season. So I agree that definitely science point him being traded, but they're not in a rush to trade him like they were with Fournier because of he's not he's not going anywhere. He's locked up for the next two seasons. So if they thought that now just wasn't the time, I think that's what the Magic did a good job of, especially with Vucevic, is I don't think they rushed to trade. Gordon was probably too late. They probably should have traded Gordon like in a previous season. Yeah. But when it comes to Vucevic, I think they looked at this and said, okay, we would have liked to have this guy on our team, but realistically, this is the time. This is when the value is highest, so now is the time to strike. And I think they kind of took the same view with Terrence Ross. Like, yeah, they could have traded him, and they probably would have been open to trading him, but now just wasn't the time. The value wasn't at its peak. So they're going to wait and see, and hopefully the value increases, and the likelihood is it will. So I, I just think that was like kind of the – algorithm they did with uh, their trade candidates
1: yeah no i mean we'll see what happens but he's sadly his time in the magic kingdom is coming to an end at some point but yeah moving on from that let's go right over to gordon because he's next on the list he's probably the most impactful trade that's left the magic send him to the nuggets for rj hampton and well, i thought it was bull bull at first but no they kept bull bull who else
0: was it? Yeah, Hampton, Hampton, Gary Harris. I got a pick. Gary Harris. And a, a pick and the protections. I have the protections up. So the protections are it's a 2025 pick, but it's top five protected. And it's tw- top five protected in 2025, and then it rolls over 2026, and then it rolls over 2027. I honestly don't know what happens. If it doesn't convey by 2027, you would think it would. But realistically, a future top five protected pick. That will most likely convey. Yeah. So, uh, kind of a far time from now, which I, I, you know, Magic probably would have liked to get something a little closer to the current day. But overall, decent package for Aaron Gordon. Um, what do you think of this trade? I know we we both like it for Denver, but do you do you see a winner? Do you think that the Magic got out well on this one too? I mean, I think the Nuggets. Probably got the better
1: end of the deal. They send off Gary Harris, who they weren't committed to, and he's had a tough time. He could definitely figure it out and be a good role player in like a a few years, and a guy they didn't really have any interest in or had the ability to play in RJ Hampton. So it was kind of like you just sold off like the fringe pieces and you're getting back an impactful, hopefully, Jeremy Grant replacer. So I think the Nuggets did a really good job of coordinating that and how they they sent out to get this. As well as the Magic, you know, they got a decent package back. RJ Hampton could be something. Gary Harris could be a solid wing. But, I mean, on the Nuggets rotations, like, they just didn't get any minutes. So there's no point in keeping them.
0: Yeah. I'll let's, I'll, I'll talk Orlando side first because I want to kind of deep dive into the Nuggets side because I think this is, you uh, love, you love this deal. Very, this is your I dream do. deal. I love the, I love the deal. But we'll talk, I'm going to talk Magic for one second. So, Clearly the Magic have some kind of affinity for RJ Hampton, which is good. This this guy's 19 years old. You know, I know you kind of did more of a deep dive into him before this season on the draft. I honestly don't know much about him at all. So if you have anything to add to it, feel free. But super young. I know he's got a lot of off, a lot of athletic tools, and like we haven't seen him at all this season. I don't think he's played a meaningful minute of basketball, the Denver Nuggets. So this is a good opportunity for him to kind of – Get out of there and see what he's got. You know, test the waters in the NBA a little bit. Maybe he pops and they they have something on their hands that nobody really knew. So while the Aaron Gordon trade, I think, was kind of an example of too late, you know, they pro- Gordon probably should have been traded in a, a season or two prior just because I think his value would have been a little bit higher and he wasn't really doing what he's meant to do in the NBA in Orlando. I mean, Aaron Gordon is not supposed to be a second option for a team. Aaron Gordon is supposed to be a Swiss Army knife on defense, facilitator, spot-up shooter here and there, cutter, you know, get out on the break, cause havoc that way, which I think is why he's going to be perfect in Denver. But Orlando, it just wasn't – like, he was trying to do too much, and it wasn't fitting his game, and it wasn't making him look better. So I think he probably should have been moved earlier just because they would have gotten even more. But – Not a horrible package, all things considered. They get a young asset in the current day in RJ Hampton, see what he got. And then the pick, obviously they probably would have liked it to be a little sooner than now, but pick's a pick. I'll take it. Um, And Gary Harris, still not old, and he does some good things on the court. He'll kind of help them not be a complete dumpster fire because he's good defensively and theoretically should be able to spot up shoot, although he's kind of lost the jump shot over the last few seasons. So maybe it's good for him to get a fresh start. But, yeah, before we go on to the Nuggets, Phil, do you have any RJ Hampton talk? Because, you know, he's an interesting Yeah, geezer. no, I, before I do that, I'm just going
1: to touch briefly on Aaron Gordon thing because I get that you should probably consider trading him earlier on, but there is the argument of if we keep him and he keeps doing what he's doing, it's kind of that gamble that the Pelicans are doing with Lonzo right now. His value will go even higher. And I guess he kind of stagnated because, probably because there were so many injuries on the team and he wasn't able to kind of fit into the role that he was ready for and he could really flourish in. And so he was, you know, taxed with too mm-hmm. much and teams were, you know, they held back on it. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I had for Gordon. But RJ Hampton's a, he's just a very athletic player right now. We haven't seen a lot from him. They kind of tried to use him as, like, a rotation. They tested the waters with, like, a game or two, I remember watching. And then this was before the Facundo Compazzo, uh firestorm. And then soon after, he kind of took those minutes that you assumed he would get. And he's doing – Facundo's playing a lot better. RJ's kind of – he was, like, a cutter. He couldn't really shoot, so you didn't really depend on him in the spot. So he was really just making cuts at, in, at the two-guard spot. And that was it. He wasn't ready to be a full-time ball handler, or facilitate at all. But he definitely has the ability to come around on those aspects and really form them and become a decent point guard in the league if he's given the opportunity, which it seems like he will in Orlando.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to watch him play because I don't think he was really getting much of a shot in Denver. Not yeah. to Denver's fault; it just fact to the circumstances stack up. He wasn't going to outplay any of those guys. Yeah, let's. Uh, before we move on, Phil, we got to talk how this affects the Nuggets long-term because Denver had a good team. You know, I know the record wasn't great, but they're still fine. You know, I believe right now they're fifth or sixth in the West. You know, they're, they're winning a few more games now. Jokic just still a superstar playing an MVP level. And I view Gordon as not necessarily somebody that makes them a, like a favorite or anything, but just a piece that they really could have used uh, a defensive minded wing a guy who could do some spot up shooting, a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands. He could play off Jokic. I mean, he's he's a great cutter, and I think he kind of got away with that from that in Orlando for a little bit. He started to do a little more ISO stuff, and that's just not his game. He's more of a guy who's going to play off of other guys, and no other player to play off of than Nicole Jokic because he's going to make so life easy, incredibly yeah. easy for you. <laughs> so I love the fit. I think it's a great piece. It's a like, they they didn't have that. Player. Well, they had like, that, that. That's player. what I wanted them to get because. What the wing? Oh, no, no, they had, had Jeremy guy, Grant, yes. but that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of, of where Grant, I. I, too, I think too. Aaron Gordon is like a decent. I I think Aaron Gordon is a decent deal, better defensively than Jeremy Grant. Honestly, I I, I think I'm very high on offensively. I think Aaron Gordon's got a little bit overrated. People are, you know, eh, Offensively, he's not really. He's he's the third or fourth option. That's what he should be. Defensively, I really think he's one of the best defensive wings in the NBA. And they needed that player. Like, if they're going to – if they have ideas of making it through the West, they're going to have to get through LeBron. They're going to have to get through Kawhi. They're going to have to make noise, and they're going to have to put a capable defender on those wings. I know, like, those guys aren't going to guard them the whole game. They're going to be put through ball screens, all that kind of stuff. But right now, they're throwing players out there that were just inept defensively. It ain't ain't working. Will Barton, eh. Jermichael Green, eh. So I think this really addressed the need for them. I I think right now they're the second-best team in the West behind the Lakers, honestly. Um, And I I think this move catapulted into that spot. I fully agree with you where they are spot-wise. But I don't know.
1: I think the Jeremy Grant thing, time will only tell, like, what his impact is. I think, realistically, Aaron Gordon's, like, the Nuggets got him with the intention of just plugging him back in as the Jeremy Grant, like, spacer on the wing, or power forward spot and then being just a really good switchable defender and then moving Paul Millsap back to the bench because he's regressed pretty mightily this year. He needs a lot less minutes, and without that Jeremy Grant cushion because he went to Detroit, he's had to play a lot and kind of just overforce his hand on what he can do right now at his age. So having Aaron Gordon there is really good for the starting unit. It really helps Paul Millsap in the second unit. It kind of just alleviates the Jeremy Grant gap that's in all of
0: our Denver Nugget hearts. Yeah, no, it definitely does, and they they definitely do a lot of similar things. Um, I think I think Jeremy got a little bit more of a consistent shooter as Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's shooting numbers are pretty good this year. We'll see how real they actually are. But again, I, I'm very high on Aaron Gordon defensively. I'm I'm excited yeah, I to look forward to, watch to him. In, you know, big time games. Yeah, and in the playoffs, like you know, he's a really good defender. Like I think people like to noticed he's a very good defender. You know, he he's. Like a one top wing defenders, he's gotta be in that conversation. So I mean, right now he's shooting almost thirty eight percent from three, which is a uh, very high considering his career three point percentage is thirty two. Is it real? Is it not? I think that's going to be a big factor in how good the Nuggets are. If 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 that's legit and he's making thirty eight percent on almost five attempts per game, then oof, that's that's a lot. That's that's good. But time will tell. Time will tell. But overall. Grade-wise, I'm giving the Nuggets an A. I think this is absolutely everything I needed to do. Magic Land, I'm going to give them a B-. Wasn't in love with the pick that they got. RJ Henton's a nice piece, but overall, I would have liked a, a closer pick and honestly make it unprotected. Who cares? I think the Nuggets really wanted to make this deal happen. So, not a bad trade for Magic because they did get two assets, but... B-minus, which probably would have been a B-plus or A-minus. Yeah, a minus if I, the I give the Magic
1: better. or the Nuggets an A-plus for sure, but the Magic definitely could have gotten better fringe pieces off of the Nuggets roster. Like, Would it really be so much to pry RJ Hampton and Bull Bull away as opposed to uh, Gary, or Gary Harris had to go for contract reasons, but mm-hmm. Bull Bull was just probably a more interesting piece for them in the long term, and I'm sure the Nuggets aren't going to get the ability to you know,
0: try him out. Yeah, yeah. I just thought the Nuggets really wanted to make this deal happen, and they should have because I think he's going to make their team a lot better. So I just think the, the Magic had a lot of leverage. They're, I mean, I don't know. I was obviously in the negotiating table, but it, my gut feeling is they That's probably could have yeah, gotten so a bit more. I'd give them a little – Overall, like a or yeah. Something. yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's go to a trade you love, a trade Ooh. that I'm lukewarm on. And this was one of the more surprising deals of the day, I think. It, when, it, when it happened, I was like, oh – Okay, this was Portland Trail Blazers and Toronto Raptors. Pretty simple, just a straight two for one. Norm Powell goes to the Blazers, Gary Trent and Rodney Hood heading up north to actually down south to uh, Tampa to play with the Raptors. So this is an interesting one, Phil. Um, I'll let you take it first. You love it. I was a big fan for
1: Portland. I got to say as time has gone on In in the 24 hours since it's probably happened. I'm, I, you know, I'm not in like I'm not crazy for it, but I think it's a move Portland had to make. I was telling you, I think when it happened yesterday, that like Portland and the Suns are kind of in that 2012, 2013 Clippers sphere where, like, you have really good guards and you have really good bigs, but you have like your wing depth is just devout, and you get to the point where you're putting twos or wonky fours in the three spot, and it's just weird. Like the Clippers never had a consistent three. They tried to use Matt Barnes, and he was just too washed. I think the Portland Trailblazers kind of being in the same spot. They went out and made a move, and they got Norman Powell, who I think could be a decent three, starting three, you know, defending wings, big wings throughout the playoffs and the rest of the season. I think the Gary Trent move was a little bit – it wasn't the right move because I'm a big Gary Trent guy. I thought his shooting was, was electric. He could be really good in the playoffs, and he's just a good defensive player. He's a big body. The Rodney Hood thing, I'm all right on. Like, I I've seen some Blazers games and Rodney Hood was wasn't ideal.
0: Just just in the fit, he's a good player, but he didn't really fit. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could, I could take or leave Rodney Hood. I'm not really too concerned about it from that standpoint. I, I'm I'm just not a hundred percent sold that Norman Powell's going to be better for this team than Gary Trent was. And I know Powell is having a crazy stretch right now where he's putting up career numbers. He scored 40-plus recently. He's having a great year. This is the best year of his career, easily averaging about 20 points Shooting per 44. game on great efficiency. Yeah, yeah, big-time big numbers, big-time numbers. It, I'm just not sure if this is what they need. The, the Blazers are an interesting team because we haven't really seen them healthy all year. You know, first it was McCollum, then it was Nurkic. Now Don't McCollum's back, we haven't seen them with Nurkic. So it's kind of hard to gauge that's that. Collins, I'm just until he's 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 the Langford of Portland. I'm until he has to prove that he's healthy. I I, I assume he's injured. He has to be injured until prove his health because uh, he doesn't for sure. Yes, but yeah, I don't know. Like, is this what Portland needs? Is this what Portland needs? We're we're gonna see because Norm's very dynamic. You know, I think he's more of a dynamic player than Gary Trent. He's more of a go get your bucket kind of guy. He's more Dangerous and transition, all that, all that kind of stuff. I think he's overall a better individual player, but Gary Trent was really good for them in the playoffs last year. I think he does have more defensive upside because he's definitely bigger. I mean, Norm Powell is only six three. I know he's stocky, but I, I don't really want to stick him on the top wings in the league. Like he's, he's uh, not no, that kind could, of guy. I like feel like he has that Marcus so
1: where like he's not tall, he's not tall enough, but he's like you know stocky enough. He's big enough to throw weight around with the guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he is. He's 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 a strong. some no sure. I'm just gonna have All to right. wait and see. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know. Gary Trent was really good in the playoffs for them last year, as I just said. He shoots a high volume of threes. Like I, I think he was a nice fit. Maybe they viewed this as a guy that they just had no intentions of matching the oversheet for this off season, so they took a swing with Norman Powell, who will also have a player option. Actually, I didn't realize this, but he's gonna have a player option. Uh, Coming up yeah, as well, he's so he's get actually that not even locked in for next season. Or he's going to he, try to at least. Yeah, he's probably going to opt out. Yeah, he's going to opt out probably anyway. So Portland's going to be an interesting situation there, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure. It could go either way. I I don't think it's a guaranteed home run for for Portland. Toronto wise, it's a I think it's a good deal if they plan on matching Gary Trent's salary. You know, maybe if they get a yeah. head start on that, then and they they knew they had no no intentions of resigning signing Powell, you got to be happy with yeah, the, I mean, you the can, outcome with your Raptors. I think yeah, Trent's a legit player.
1: Me personally, I hope
0: he's on the Knicks next year, but we'll see.
1: The Raptors definitely love their shooting, and he kind of fits in well as, like, that second guy off the – second guard off the – or the first guard off the bench. And then in lineups with Van they could be really deadly.
0: Yeah, I think this probably makes it a little harder for yeah. the Knicks to get him because – to me this is more of an indication that the the Raptors have well, intentions we've of the R. Gotta look at Dunkey Robinson. New York runs on Duncan. We do, we do. Speak speaking Let's of the heat, it. should we go down to South Beach? So you go ahead. The Yeah. So one of the last trades of the day was an interesting trade that I kinda had to look at twice to make sure this was the full trade, but Houston trades away Victor Oladipo and gets back Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk and a draft swap. Two. The draft swap, uh, uh, yeah, and it could be like any of their picks that they have. So it they says have, it's
1: the the Brooklyn um, Nets
0: pick. Like I know they.
1: So basically,
0: okay, the Brooklyn Nets pick. Okay, it's kinda so not even
1: a pick, you know? Like no team is going to be as good as. Yeah, so, I mean, so no team move is to be. Brooklyn's going to win a lot of games for the next, because what is it 20, yeah. 2020 next year? They're going to probably be, yeah, yeah. so they're going to be a yeah, top so team, that, and you're not really going to be able to. You're not going to want to swap those te- the pick.
0: Yeah, but you'd rather get out. you you'd rather not have Brooklyn's pick, is what I'm saying. So they're going to. It it will be it's it will be a semi relevant swap, because they will be able to swap. Right. Like you don't want Brooklyn's pick. You'd rather my, you'd rather yeah, I think, pick. No, the swap
1: rights in the deal were for the Brooklyn Nets pick, is what I'm reading. If I'm
0: reading it right. Yeah, so I'm saying Houston next year will be able to get Miami's pick instead of Brooklyn's pick, and Miami. will Is that will what get it is? Brooklyn's I
1: thought pick. they were just sending over the their swap right. It says the swap rights include the Brooklyn Nets pick, so it's like the Rockets only. Yeah. Oh, I, are you I'm saying this? Right? Are for are Brooklyn. You the swap yeah, rights so the Rockets can either have their the Nets or switch pick? with the Nets. So go from like three to twenty seven. But the
0: Rockets already had that. Did they? Yeah, because that yeah, that's that's what they had in the um I don't I it, I don't know.
1: Maybe this ESPN article is wild, but it says right here that like the swap they got 1st round swap rates and the swap rates were for the Brooklyn Nets pit.
0: Interesting. Maybe. I, yeah, don't, I don't even. Yeah. Regardless, it's not much. I know. And, yeah, yeah, I'm honestly not sure. I, I can't it. Yeah, find you have anywhere. to go I, like, like to look at like the weeds it, of an I feel article.
1: That's
0: like, <laughs> what it out. Yeah, it should be. Uh, that should be on, like, the header of the tweet from, like, Woj or anything. I feel like they never list the protections. I had to find the Aaron Gordon protection. I'm actually going to get like, you to like, read the their articles. Twitter. But. All right. All right exactly let's all right let's just take that at face value all right say it's an ambiguous draft maybe at some point can move them up a couple spots but probably not um houston didn't get anything Victor old depot that's the bottom line it's uh it's definitely an l for the rockets not and i know that listen when they chose to get old depot instead of Karras in the harden trade I didn't hate it actually. I, I thought it was a risk worth taking. Maybe Old Depot is somebody they could invest semi long term in. You know, maybe his trade value increases, but it the every risk that they took ended up backfiring because even if they didn't want to lock up Levert long term because he does have a few years left, even though the contract's pretty nice, say they didn't even want him on the books. His trade value yeah, would have totally. outright been more than Old Depot. So even if they would have just wanted to trade him, they could have gotten much more than this. So it's a sad outcome for the Rockets because it's part of the Harden trade. That kind of yeah. ended up just being nothing, you know? You were, uh, given, you were given lemons. The fact you is they, yeah, lemonade. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let me ask. You just ate it straight up. Yeah, you just ate the lemon.
1: Um, do you think the <clears throat> Do you think the Rockets waited too long? Or do you think the market was throughout the entirety of Oladipo's tenure in Houston. It was, this was it. Like, no one was like, "Ah." I mean, I get the point where it's it's not not too desirable because he's realistically going to be a free agent and there's been a lot of links between him and Miami, but don't you think there was some team out there that thought they could realistically put together a package to get him maybe in the beginning of the season when the trade happened?
0: I just don't think people viewed him like he thought he was going to be viewed or the Rockets thought he was going to be viewed or the Pacers thought he was going to be viewed. I mean, the Pacers kind of lucked out with that. Yeah. With getting Karis LeVert for him because that was solely due to the fact that the Rockets, I guess, didn't want his contract or just wanted to take her. I don't know, but that was just the Rockets, you know, I, looking back, I don't think all deep have much of a market. So, I don't view this as they could have gotten something better for Depot. It just ended up being a mistake taking on Oladipo when they could have probably gotten Jared Allen, when they could have probably, well, they definitely could have gotten Karis LeVert. So to get nothing out of Depot when he's part of the Harden trade is just yeah,
1: tough
0: a tough pill to swallow, I'll say. But I don't think it's has to do with them going too late I just don't think his value was ever that high you know they they probably thought a team like the Knicks they probably thought a team like maybe the Lakers I don't know were like willing to give up a, a first or something like you know they would have obviously taken a first First, one yeah yeah so <laughs> I mean to think that Old Devo got less value than Evan Fournier yeah that, that's that's kind of crazy I don't
1: know maybe it's <laughs> so, I think it's
0: more circumstance just quickly like let's you uh, knew he
1: was, yeah. At least eyeing Miami a lot throughout the past year or two. So maybe that narrative.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Miami right. had nobody to. They were bidding against nobody, so they had all the leverage. Houston wanted to get off of him. It was a perfect storm for them. Uh, let, let's talk about them quickly, Phil. So they get Old Depot. Does this change uh, the way I'd you view them as all, say, at all?
1: No. It honestly. He works in specific lineups, and then counterintuitively, he does not work in a lot of specific lineups. Like you can't just plug him into the starting lineup. You need that space and shooting with Tyler Herrera, or he's not even starting anymore. Uh, Duncan Robinson, and I don't even know who spaces the floor for them now because Jay Crowder's gone, or not Jay Crowder, Kelly Olenek. But I like he just adds a lot of clunky non-shooting, but shot creation in the mid-range. It's it's a weird thing to figure out. They're really going back to the uh, 90s grit and grind. No one's shooting threes. Everyone's just bullying into the paint.
0: We'll see how it works. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, you you look at his raw numbers, and he's averaging 21 points, five rebounds, five assists, but the efficiency is pretty gross, and he's taken almost eight threes a game, which is just too many. shooting 33%, so that's not very good. I think that... He is like kind of in need for them. I think they could have used another perimeter go get go get a bucket kind of guy, which is why I don't really understand all the Lowry noise. Even though Lowry definitely would have helped him, I don't think them kind of selling the farm for Lowry was the move that that's they don't need another game manager spot up shooter. Although you could always do shooting, but I think a dynamic wing like Old Depot is what they need. It just it's just a question of how good Oladipo is going to be because so far this season he's been ultra inefficient. He's not getting to the line at the rate you'd probably want to. Four attempts per game in 33 minutes is pretty underwhelming. He's honestly never been a big free throw guy. Kind of telling, Which is kind of alarming. He's a big mid-range shooter. He's a big mid-range, he's a big mid-range shooter. He's a big pull-up three guy. So maybe he turns it around. He has a big-time all-star second half of the season because I actually thought he looked okay in his Indiana stint. You know, he was starting to get that flow. But once he got to Houston, he just kind of shifted into – No, this is my team. I gotta show what I got. Culture does not fly down south. So, yeah, maybe he'll find an in between, and Jimmy helps him out. He's definitely got talent, and when harnessed, I think he can make a difference. I don't think this really propels them into that upper tier of the East. Probably keeps them. I mean, makes them a little bit better. But I mean, yeah, it doesn't change the game. You know, he's going to be out there, and that does significantly
1: increase what the Heat can put out when they're in a close game. But. I don't know. Oh, getting to that end of the game, who knows how helpful he can be? All right. Do we want to touch on smaller yeah, things yeah, quickly, precisely? So, no, no Lowry, no Lonzo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. a specific way you want to lean
0: first. Yep. I think Lowry was just them not getting what they wanted to get. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know what the offers were, so it. Listen, if they lose him in free well, agency this year, they, can, they made a mistake uh, by not trading him. I don't care trade, what they like They can court. sign him to a bigger deal
1: for the years and then still trade him. That's what people were talking about. I don't know if that makes uh-huh. a lot of sense okay. the team taking well, him, but...
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, I, I don't know. It seem like they were asking a lot. And I'm... Um, Kind of happy for those teams that they didn't do that because I think Lowry was getting, dare I say, a little overrated over the last couple of weeks. Just, yeah. you know, I think he would have been a nice fit for a bunch of teams, but I mean, asking for like rate, multiple yeah. picks and young assets, like, like, he's not James Harden, like that's not, yeah, that's that's not the move. So I, it just, I think, came down to the fact that Raptors were asking too much. Lonzo's interesting because I don't think like there just wasn't a lot of Lonzo talk yesterday. Maybe it was kind of over exaggerated how willing the Pelicans were to give him up. I mean, there was really no reporting Don Alonso Then eventually Woj just says he's staying in New Orleans. So, maybe the talks weren't as rampant as we thought. Maybe they have some idea of resigning him, or maybe they'll just wait this season out and see what they have, and they could still make a trade like you, you've you said earlier. So, that's where I stand on those two guys. Um, there was bound to be some guys that stayed. You know, we had a lot of movement. Aaron Gordon yeah. happened, Vucevic happened, Norman Powell moved. So old depot, Fournier. So we are down bound to have a couple guys that we thought were gonna move stay marketing with another one that I mentioned earlier. All right. But well, it's I not just, super I mean, surprising, Monzo but that's where I stand.
1: realistically it seemed like the Pelicans they still are planning on moving him or not having him in the long term, but this was kind of like a audition for how they're gonna run the trade deadline, not trade deadline, um off season, where they're gonna do a sign and trade with him. Try to see if they can get the it seemed like the Knicks and the Bulls were kind of the only teams really pushing for him. And if they didn't get what they wanted this yeah, if they didn't get what they wanted this deadline, they were just gonna yeah, you know, right, of hold, hold off. Hopefully he doesn't get injured or play really poorly. We know that bubble's probably coming up and he's scared. But I mean, yeah, they can wait till the uh sign and trade <laughs> and they'll get the same thing probably. Or maybe even more.
0: Yeah. Only other move, Phil, I want to just me- run by you. And this one happened Brad Wanamick. towards the end of the de- uh, the trade period. Oh, okay. The other Ronda. Rondo. Rondo. Rondo to the Clippers. Lou Williams out of there. The, the Clippers have finally successfully cleansed themselves of the pre-Kawhi Paul George era. Uh, Lou was is, is now gone. gone is obviously was gone.
1: I feel like he was drafted and... that year
0: and he didn't play. Oh, he's gone? No, he oh, left too. Shots out. Oh, yeah, come he on. He got traded for salary, I think. And uh, yeah. Pat Best, Pat Best is still there, actually. He's kind of the, the remainder. But do you like, I, I, listen, I don't think this, I mean, I already said the Nuggets, I think they're second best team in the West. So obviously it, it doesn't make me think that much better than the Clippers, but I actually think. Oh, it, it helps it them a little for bit. Sure, I actually like the rondo. I don't know if it's bit. really
1: what they need. They sent out, when I saw they were getting Rondo, it was one of those things where Woj says just that Rondo's going to the Clippers. And I thought, oh, they can make this work. Like, this is decent. Rondo's a good, uh, you know, playmaker. And they have Lou Will and Luke Kennard still able to shoot and space the floor. Then when I saw Lou Williams was going, I was like, okay, so it's basically just, obviously, Kawhi and PG can shoot, but it's just Luke Kennard spacing the floor now. Like, they don't have any other viable shooters. I know Marcus Morris, but he's he's on and off.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think they were done with Lou Will because he's a complete liability defensively, especially at the end of the games. They just, I mean, yeah, like, it makes it very tough to play because they're, they're hunting him constantly on that end, and he's been pretty inconsistent. So... Uh, although he went right, it looks good. I th- I think that it was a good move overall. And Rondo, even though he's very limited, does give them more of that game management. You know, getting him to their offense. Like he's a point guard, and they needed that. They they we've been talking about them getting a point guard. Obviously, would have liked to get somebody of a little higher ability, but he's playoff tested, and it's going to be interesting to see. I'm very yeah. I'm very be. With the Clippers, yeah. No, so I, mean, I think it's what a good they gave move. Up with the is Clippers. not
1: crazy to to the point where it's like they hemorrhaged. I think Rondo's going to be a, the best leader out of the group because I don't know what people think of PG. Kawhi is just a quiet guy by nature, and Ty Lue seems confused. So having Rondo kind of you know be that driving <laughs> force on a team, it could be really good. That was kind of what Lowry was to Kawhi with Toronto.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be. mm Hmm.
1: Well, we see. Thing.
0: All right, Does so anything move else?
1: put the Celtics back yes. in the limelight for you, just say put put it back in your good graces. Where where do they now land? Yeah, I I thought if they got oh, bored, not then it really. would be,
0: not really. Uh, they, they, interesting. They, they yeah, their their front court is is just still tough. Um I, I I mean they got better. Like I think Fournier adds something. It's hard for me to put them into that top tier. They, I they're them and Miami, I think, aren't as far as people make them out to be. I think Miami's st- probably a little bit better. But, yeah, I don't know. Fournier, it helps them, gives them more shooting, gives them some more viable wings to play when they're not going both Brown and Tatum. But, overall, they still have some big holes in the front court.
1: Don't forget, both is still
0: very thin. So, yeah, that's resting on the Celtics. Yeah, Movic, maybe he gives them some production. I'm not sure. He's, He's got taller on... than Tice, so I'll give him that. All right. Well, that was our trade deadline recap. Thank you for listening. As always, check us out on Twitter at Pod. Follow us on all, plat- all platforms to find our podcast. Watch us Peace. on YouTube, Hoopscoop. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right.